When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into this week's Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. I'm Colm Cronin and I am joined as always by my colleague Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing, sir? I'm okay, Colm. I think this week's word is probably downbeat. Um, not despondent, not overly disheartened, but a little downbeat. Um, I think we kind of felt that, you know, the, the way we've been winning football games in the last few weeks... Um, during that five-game win streak was probably unsustainable, particularly if so much of it had hinged on takeaways. And as well as the defense played for stretches of the game on Sunday, we didn't get any takeaways. We we did manage to sort of unsettle Stroud. We did get a pass rush going, so fair place to Van Joseph for that. But the 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 preposterous run of takeaways the defense generated column came to an end um, at the weekend. And... I think what's happened, and I think, again, Colin, you know, we did talk about this a little bit, and, and nobody's comparing Russell Wilson to Tim Tebow before anybody goes crazy, but the were similarities with that 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 run that we went on that year to, to get into the playoffs with Tebow. Um, and I, I think it began to look a little bit like that. I don't know how we are going to I think we, we can still make the playoffs we'll come to that later but I'm not sure how much noise we can make in the playoffs column unless the offense starts to produce something it's not good enough for the offense to be dormant for most of the game and then expect some kind of miracles to happen some sort of massive chunk plays uh, and for that to happen week in week out and, and, and for it to be sustainable uh, it's disappointing we did have a chance to win it at the end unfortunately there was a game clinching interception it looked like we were able to produce that little bit of magic once more but I think you know it, it does kind of come back to some of the issues that the offensive had Colm um, and I do think you know we did give credit to Russell Wilson we said he'd been an effective game manager and it was fine and fair play to him for for accepting that role and had been effective but there were problems um, that have been kind of apparent in Wilson's play even in this five game win streak column which came to a head um, and our old friend uh, Stink, Mark Scherth, had a, a pretty scathing piece um, on Fox on Russell Wilson, which we're going to quote, because I do think Stink is a, is a very astute football mind column. And I think when he's saying things like this, I think it is actually worth listening to. Um, so, yeah, a little bit disappointed. But look, we, we always knew, Colin, that we had to probably go, what was it, four? And you, you didn't have a huge amount of wriggle room. We needed to finish 10 and 7. We can still do that, Colin. We've just, I think, made life a little bit more difficult for ourselves. We can only realistically afford to lose one more game between now and at the end of the season. 
And we do have a favourable schedule, Colin, but there are one or two games in that uh, that run that we need to be very, very careful of. And I think the first one is coming up this weekend um, against a, a Chargers team that are really difficult to kind of get a handle on what exactly they're doing. They beat the Patriots 6-0, which I thought was some kind of screen misprint when I, uh, when I saw it the other night. Um, but yeah, but a little, a little disappointed. But uh, look, we, we've got the game to look forward to on Sunday and another must-win game called. Yeah, and we, we'll get into that in a little bit because um, I don't know uh, uh, if we're going to make the, the playoffs now. And that's um, sort of to do with the FC South. But we, we'll come back to that because I think the and Russell Wilson, I suppose, and... and the nature of the way in which social media has perhaps changed the way we view the sport. So one of the things I've done this year, Stuart, and I might take a st- even bigger step back next year, I try not to look at, at Twitter um, on, on a play-by-play basis. Um, I kind of put out a, a tweet and uh, how I have viewed uh, a quarter uh, of a, at the end of, of the quarter, but I don't look at it because the wild swings uh, on... Uh, Twitter in particular eh, are absolutely incredible. Uh, things can be go, you know, go and and this isn't again like people think that certain fan bases are unique, and I I would argue that really isn't the case. I mean, you saw the 49ers fans lose their minds in the first two drives. Uh, um, you would think that their team was absolutely terrible, uh, and they then went to, to drop uh, over forty points on the Eagles. Um, but it's the same with the with Broncos fan base, I suppose. And my point is that a week ago. Russell Wilson, like people wanted the apology form signed. People were talking about Russell Wilson as the comeback player of the year. Um, there, there was all sorts. And I, like Russ had a bad game at the weekend. And what I find interesting is some people are denying that even though Sean Payton came out. The head coach, like Sean Payton has, there is no point in Sean Payton criticizing Russell Wilson for no reason because they have put themselves in this position where um, unless they can find a trade partner um, and probably eat, probably give away Russ for really nothing, eat some of the cap, they're going to end up with, with a huge cap it or else they have to keep him. So to me, um, Sean Payton, if, you know, um, like if he was doing this for effect or if he was doing this for to be performative, you'd be talking up Russell Wilson rather than talking him down. Um, I, I think it was a frustration. Now, I don't. I think we need to see again all seventeen games of Russ to see this. But people who wanted to just push this narrative that Russ was back and took huge umbrage at him being called a game manager, um, like we we need to to see it. Like, has Russ really taken hold of a game this season? Can can you justify? Because the the big piece, I suppose, is. If if you have Russ on the roster, uh, you know, uh, in terms of the fi- it's the fifth day of the the league season in um in in twenty twenty four, you're guaranteeing Russ's salary for twenty twenty five. So you are you're not just it's not just the twenty twenty four piece; it's the twenty twenty five piece. And to me, I, I still think we need to see how this plays out over the next few games. I suppose my hope on this, Stuart, is that lessons are learned within the building in terms of contract negotiations, 
in terms of the when of contract negotiations. We did not need to get this done when we did. Um, the year, how many years you give to a player, the out that you give yourself. Because one of the interesting things, I suppose, around the Mahomes contract is Mahomes signed that contract when he was already acclaimed as the best player in the league. He got he it, it it's an enormous deal. It's half a billion dollars essentially, but the Chiefs gave themselves an out after every year. Like the Chiefs ha- have the say on this. So even with Patrick Mahomes and um, and him being you know um, well Chris Collinsworth is obviously his biggest fan, but generally recognized around the league as the top QB, it's still the team in control. And the Broncos didn't have that. And I hope that we really learn lessons from that. Um, And I think the interesting thing will be just to see how it plays out and what the Broncos choose to do, because we're not going to be obviously picking at at the top of the, the draft now. So what would be the options potentially for next year is the, you know, if you, if you move on from Russ. So they have put themselves in the position because of the contract that you really are just, you know, it's not one year that you're making a decision on, it's two. So look, we we will have to to see what happens um, there. Just maybe before, like, the moving on to talk about uh, the upcoming Chargers game, was there anything else that that, that stood out to you from, from Sunday or, or are you happy enough to to move on to talk about the Chargers, Stuart? Well, I, I think it's important. I, I, I just, I thought it was very unusual. I, I mean, we've had Stink on the show, Colin. He's, he's a very entertaining guy, but he, he, like, he won three Super Bowls. Um, and I think because of his gregarious nature, I think sometimes people can be a bit sniffy about Stink. Uh, no pun intended. Um, I, I think I, I've always liked Sting when he talks about football particularly when he talks about the offensive line I think it's, it's a real uh, you know it, it, it's incredibly enlightening and, and very educational Sting said it is Tim Tebow-esque talking about Russell Wilson when you talk about 55 minutes of dreck we're going to praise you for the 5 minutes of play at the end if you're the one that started the inferno if you're the one that started the fire and you finally douse the ashes with water you're not a hero putting the fire out when it's burned through and all the fuel is no longer burning anything else, it's just ash. You shouldn't be getting credit for putting it out when all you're doing is throwing a bucket of water on ashes. That's what Stink said about, about uh, Russell Wilson. He said, the amount of times you've created the pressure, you create the sack. Um, he said, I'm not saying that McGlinchey didn't get shoved into the backfield. I'm not saying that they picked up every twist that the Texans ran because they didn't. They did get pressure up on, on our front, but he said, the amount of times you put yourself and your team into harm's way, it's sickening. It's As a former offensive lineman, it pisses me off because it is not right. The line is taking the brunt of the criticism, and in my opinion, it's the quarterback. So that has to be a factor. Um, I think a lot of that came from when it was the play where Jerry Judy was wide open, Colin, where Russell Wilson scrambled and he got the first down. But, you know, they settled for a field goal and, um, you know, they could have very easily had a touchdown. So I think, you know, I, I, I do think, Colin, like... People have been saying this for a while. I think it was it was kind of an evidence throughout most of the season was there has never really been much of a connection between Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson. He doesn't seem to either trust him or he just doesn't seem to look his way. I think he seems to focus on Cortland Sutton exclusively. Now, Cortland Sutton is playing out of his mind. You could argue that that is probably the right thing to do. But Jerry Judy is still a good wide receiver. Has Jerry Judy lived up to his pre-draft hype? Has he lived up to his draft status? No, he hasn't. In any way, shape, or form. C.D. Lamb was taken after Jerry Judy. C.D. Lamb is a better wide receiver than Jerry Judy. It's that simple. 
But Jerry Judy is a good player, Carl. Um, and he does get open. He runs routes very, very well. Um, and he's being missed by Russell Wilson. So I think, as I, I agree with an awful lot of your points, Colin. I think the swings and the extreme uh, sort of views need to be kept in check because, as you said, oh, here's the Russell Wilson apology form all over Twitter. Russell Wilson's going to win the playback or comeback player of the year. No, he isn't. He's not going to win the comeback player of the year. Or if he does, it's because there's not really that many other players that are in the running for it because he's done well. He's done okay. He's been fine, but he's not been elite. He's not been brilliant. He's not taking games on the scruff of his neck, but by the scruff of the neck and winning them. And the defense has been the one that they've been the real unit that deserves all this kind of credit. So, I mean, I think it was, it was disappointing. I think, you know, but we did have this game sort of in red column as one that potentially we could lose because the Texans are, are a fine team. They've got an excellent coach. They've got CJ Stroud, who looks like a 10 year veteran at this stage. Some of the passes he was put were just magnificent. Um, you know, he's got some, so, and he lost Tank Dell early in that game as well, Colin, who's been a favorite target of his. So I think sometimes, you know, the old cliche stands, I, I think, in this instance, Colin. The other guys get paid too. Um, that was a good Texans team. They're developed quicker than I think even their most loyal fans could have hoped for. So sometimes you just have to say, you know what, better team on the day of one, because they were the better team on the day. We had a shot. We didn't, uh, we weren't able to take it, but at least we were in there, you know. So I think, there was more sort of, to me, there was, there was, you know, there was a lot of good things that came out of that game. And I think there were things that we could take, but we do need to fix the offense column and we need to fix the offense soon because we've been saying this for week after week after week. And um, the offense is not holding up, up its end of the bargain. It isn't. I think like we, we seem to have 300 yards as, as we rarely go above 300 yards of offense in games column. Um, and in today's NFL, unless you have an elite defense, and our defense has been playing elite football, but I'm not sure it is an elite defense per se, that is not going to win you games. That is not going to win you that many games. 300 yards of offense is something that we struggle with every game, it seems. And it, it is going to bite you on the ass eventually. And it did bite us on the ass this week. Um, I don't know um, how we can get it fixed. I, You know, I... I I do think we are missing production from a tight end as a receiver column. Um, and I know we've been running the ball well and there's a commitment to running the ball. But, you know, I, I think we're we're missing a Philip Lindsay. We're missing... Um, McLaughlin has been a nice story, but, you know, we, we need somebody who can take it to the house. We need that elite speed outside. Um, so there are still a lot of things to get fixed before we go on, on a tricky run now column. And, I mean, even, you know... Like, yeah, we're kind of going, yeah, the Raiders are this and the Raiders are that. They had their bounce here. But the Raiders have beaten us any number of times, Colin. And, and you know, our record there is not great. Um, so I, I think there's a lot to get fixed. We've been talking about getting the offense fixed. The team has been talking about getting the offense fixed. They've got one of the best offensive minds in Sean Payton in the last two decades. But the offense isn't getting fixed, Colin. And, and it kind of needs to quickly or else we're going to be talking about, oh, you know, it was unfortunate we finished, you know, going nine and eight and it was a pity. Or, you know, eight and nine, and given where we came from, that wasn't too bad. We have to have a winning season, Colin, and I think we need to be on the door of the playoffs, or else you have to look back and say this season has been another failure. Um, now, has it been an absolute calamity the way it looked like it was going to shape up to be early on when we were getting blown out by the Dolphins? No, and there's credit in that. But still, at the end of the day, Colin, like we have it's either the Jets, the longest playoff drought in the NFL, and um, 
Uh, and that's desperate for a club like the Denver Broncos, you know, in the history. And, and you know, so as long as we've been fans, Colin, so we've sat on this program before, when we started watching the Broncos with Elway, it was a shock when the Broncos didn't make the playoffs. I couldn't believe it they, they, after they went to the two Super Bowls in the 80s when I started supporting them. And that year when the Bengals won the AFC Championship, I, I couldn't, I just had no idea that Broncos didn't make the playoffs. This was, this was what's happening here? Well, you know, it, 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 that's a dreadful record. And I think we need to, we need to get that turned around ASAP. And we've left ourselves a huge amount of work to do this year because of, of a, an appalling start. It's great that we're in this type of, of situation, Colin, given the, what the alternative was at one point. But we have to get over the line now or else what we've done is we put ourselves in kind of draft purgatory yet again where we're not in striking distance to go and get the guy that we want, which means then given the alternatives are going to be out in free agency column and given Russell Wilson's contract, we are going to have two more years with Russell Wilson. So, um, you know, as you said, this is a conversation probably for February, um, but it's going to be a very difficult conversation column. Um, and it's one that I don't think either of us have the answer to right now. Um, but sorry, that, that was a long-winded rant to say there was some good things came out of that but um, yeah still a lot a lot to fix on, on the offensive side of the ball yeah and just I suppose on that like to me the Judy piece um, I this is where I think the team needs to get better at making decisions because I think there's they're wishing and hoping that there would be chemistry between Judy and Wilson and it just doesn't exist um, and I would, you know, I would have moved on from from Judy. I would have moved on from Judy in the off season. I would have moved on from Judy and the the trade deadline because, as I said, I think there is a player there. I just don't think there's a player there with Russell Wilson. Sometimes it just doesn't work, um, and and you just have to accept that. And I think wishing and hoping that it's going to be different doesn't make it so. Um, we'll see. And in, in terms of yeah, we definitely need the the offense now. One of the interesting things, Stuart, is in terms of the the AFC scoring is is much lower in the AFC than the NFC. Uh, there there are uh, uh, entire uh, divisions. The not, not no team in the AFC West has scored uh, more than three hundred points. Uh, you have two teams in the AFC East, the Dolphins and the Bills, who are well over. Dolphins who have almost scored four hundred, obviously. Uh, you know, assisted by the beat down on us. Um, but the <laughs> the cold one game goal. <laughs> the cold that's even without that game, that'd still be over it. Um, but the the Coles have scored 300. Uh, meanwhile, in the NFC side of things, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Lion and the the Lions have all the NFC South really leaves the the NFC down. Um, so it is, uh, even with defenses being more on top at the early part of this season, I do think that's changed a little in recent weeks. Uh, I think offenses have responded and you're seeing the the Browns and others fall off in, in particular. So that is something that is. And the run game, I think, Stuart, is an area where we, we really need to improve. But against the Texans, it was disappointing in the passing side of things. Um, just to, I suppose... Moving on, and I, I mentioned you talked to earlier in relation to you felt 10 and 7 um, could take this team to the playoffs. And I said I wasn't sure if that was the case. And 
the reason I say that, Stuart, is because of the AFC South and because both the Colts and the Texans sit currently at seven and five. And they, um, the Colts have five games left. Um, they play a Bengals. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the Bengals do uh, at, at the weekend. Obviously, had a, a big win over the Jaguars at the um, at the weekend, but the Colts play the Bengals, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Raiders, and then they play the the Texans. So they have opportunities to get to twelve wins, eleven wins, um, and and that I think is something to to really to keep an eye on. And it's the same with the Texans. The Texans are also sitting at seven and and five, and and they have a, a run in where. Uh, it's not exactly murderer's row. Um, they have the the Jets, the Titans, the Browns, um, the Titans again, and then that final game with the Colts. So I think both of those can go above the 10. That's why I feel, unfortunately, we're in a position where we have to win all five and, and that game to D- Detroit. Now, we put ourselves in this hole uh, with the loss to the Jets, uh, with the loss to the Raiders, with the loss to the Commanders. Uh, what's Obviously, interesting is, you know, um, the response once we moved on from some players. But you can only take one game at a time. And we will be on the road uh, against the the Chargers on Sunday, uh, kind of back in a, a more normal time slot, uh, for which is uh, 25 past nine over here. Obviously, 25 past two in Denver. Um, your thoughts on the the game, the upcoming game against the Chargers? One last thing on that column. I think one of the things that does actually help us is Pickett's injury. Um, obviously, you never like to see a player go down, and especially a promising young quarterback. Um, but I do think that will ultimately help the Broncos. They're seven and five at the moment, but Mitch Trubisky is Mitch Trubisky. Um, so I, 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 I think that that does help us. Obviously, the tiebreaker now with the Texans is going to be very difficult, but we do have the tiebreaker over the Browns, um, which potentially helps. Um, but yeah, I'd, like I, 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 I couldn't really believe the score when I saw it uh, between the Patriots and the Chargers, Colin. Because, like, what I think of the Chargers, I'm not going to lie, Colin. I, I don't tend to watch them very often, but you do think of Justin Herbert throwing lasers to Keenan Allen and and Eckler, sort of, you know, out of the backfield, putting up lots of points, and you don't see them beating the Patriots six <laughs> nil. You know, like. I, uh, wasn't there some crazy stat that the Patriots have conceded less than 10 points in three consecutive games and are the first team, I think, in NFL history to lose those three games? Um, I mean, that that says two things about the Patriots. Right? You know, it's okay for us to sort of have a little bit of Patriot, Patriot hate. Um, that Bill Belichick is still an incredible defensive genius um, and their offense, um, and by extension, their quarterback situation is a hell. That unfortunately, Colin, they're almost certainly going to be out of sooner rather than later because, you know, they they have a legitimate shot probably at getting Caleb Williams or also they have a legitimate shot at getting um, the new Justin Herbert, which is Drake May out of North Carolina. Um, So both of them, let's enjoy this time um, with the Patriots staying in the mire because it probably isn't going to last as long as it really ought to. so like I, 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 I found that very difficult to, to kind of get comprehend Calm. I'm gonna hold my hands up. I didn't watch the highlights of the Patriots uh Chargers. Um 
I can't imagine many people outside of fans of the two teams probably have. I realize as, you know, as one of the co-hosts of this magnificent podcast, I probably should have. Um, so I don't know what happened in that game, Colin, but the fact that Justin Herbert wasn't able to throw a single touchdown kind of, you know, to me kind of w- w- was a bit of an eye-opener. Like, he he's having a decent season, Colin. Like, he's... He's over 3,000 yards. He's got something like 20-odd touchdowns. Um, but yet the charges are now, what, five and five and seven? Um, and, and, like, their playoff chances are are virtually cooked at this stage. I mean, they, they really do need to win every game um, uh, to have an outside chance, and, and, and I wouldn't be particularly um, confident that they're going to do that. Like, their, their, their last five games, they obviously, as I said, they won... Like they lost 2010 to the Ravens, you know, uh, Ravens are a good team. They're going to be there, thereabouts towards the end of the AFC playoffs, you would have thought. Uh, they lost to the Packers, which at the time looked like a bit of a nightmare result. But in fairness, when you see what the Packers are able to do to the Chiefs and, and Love looks like he's beginning to kind of get the hang of it. Very unlucky to lose against Detroit. Um, and, you know, they won an easy game against the Jets. So, like, they've been in games, Colin, and they've been in games against decent opposition. Um and these are the kind of games that I think can creep up on you um, if you're not at your best. I think, you know, when we were all getting carried away, those heady days of last week when we were thinking about playoffs, you know, there was a danger to just kind of go, ah, oh, yeah, now we'll roll over the Chargers twice and take care of the Raiders and Patriots. And, you know, it's we got to win one of these games against the Texans or the Lions and then we'll be fine. And um, we have to be really careful because, look, comment, you know, You've seen Justin Herbert a lot more than I have over the last few years. He is an extraordinary quarterback um, on his day. Um, and, you know, annoyingly has shades of John Elway, in my opinion. Um, and he is a quarterback that we need to be very, very careful of. Um, and Keenan Allen has had a huge success against the Broncos over the years. Uh, Pat Sertan, you'd hope, would be able to shut him down. They haven't really, you know, like Mike Williams went down early. Mike Williams has struggled as a number two. Um, you know, they haven't really filled that gap. Eckler is having a decent season. He's very dangerous out of the backfield. We should have enough on defense, Colin, but I think it comes down to yet again, are we going to score enough points against a decent Chargers defense for us to be able to get over the line? And I'm not sure. I, I think, I know it seems like we're in grand hot day, Colin, um, but I think this is going to be another desperately close game. I think it's probably going to come down to the last couple of minutes. Um, and it's one of those ones that's probably going to be about who has the ball last. Um, I, I don't see the team winning this one out of the counter. Um, I'm, I'm not sure this Broncos season is going to be good for the heart, but at least it's exciting. But I think this is going to be another one, Colin. I, I can see another 21-18, 24-21 kind of scoreline. I, 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 I do. I hope we win because um, I want this ride to keep going. I think if we lose this game against the Chargers, we really are in trouble. Like the, There was a stat that came up, I think, Colin, that had we beaten the Texans, our playoff chances would have risen to 63%. Um, by losing against the Texans, it dropped down to 21 Um, If we were to lose this game against the Chargers, Colin, we'd have to think it's down to you know, 8 10%, and effectively it's game over. So th- this is a lot of pressure, Colin. Um, and, you know, and it's it's a it's it's a, it's against a team that is dangerous. So this could be a tricky assignment that we better hope we're able to uh, to close out. But we have to have more from the offense in order for that to happen. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, though. 
I do think we're capable of more than capable of doing it. I, I, I think there should be an expectation that we should win this. And I say that because of, uh, of a couple of things. Brandon Staley is in the end game, right? Um, they, he's he's out of a job, like barring a miracle where they do make the playoffs. I believe that Brandon Staley will be out of a job there. Um, they may they may or may not clean house. Like sometimes what can happen is um, there are things behind the scenes, I suppose, that, um, you know, and Tom Telesco, I think, has been willing to work within the constraints of the Spano family and the money that they don't have in comparison to, say, our our new owners. Um, I, I think, you know, it's similar to Robert Sala, I believe, with the Jets, who is willing to work and accommodate Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers' demands and bringing in a different OC and to go up to the podium to defend Zach Wilson every single time, uh, even again this week when Wilson indicated he didn't want to, to play. So maybe they won't clean house on Telesco, but I, I believe their drafting, especially a wide receiver, has been really poor. Uh, outside of Keenan Allen, um, even if Mike Williams was on the field, Mike Williams doesn't scare me. Uh, Keenan Allen, I think, is a really good receiver. Um, but in in terms of they they have Gerald Everett at uh, tight end, he shouldn't not he shouldn't even scare the Broncos. And Stuart, you and I know uh, from watching this team for thirty years, uh, d- tight ends can do us damage. But I don't think we should be scared of him. They don't so run that, the ball. So- Tight end on the Chargers roster call. He was caught about four passes all season. He was about to go to the Pro Bowl after this game on Sunday night. <laughs> I I don't think their rushing attack should should scare us. Um, and defensively, they have some players, but it hasn't really worked. Um, so t- to me, I I really think we should be able to go in there and and bully them. Uh, I, I think that the Chargers are the Tottenham Hotspur of the NFL. And if you show up and you do your job properly, you can get at them and you can win this. Um, I think it. we do need to see see more from the running game. Uh, I, I thought the run defense, I thought, was very good. Um, and, and again, I thought PJ Locke showed that he should be the starter. Um, we've talked about that numerous times on, on the show, but he should be the, the starter. Um for, from now on um, I, and I, I do think though yes it will be given given the um, I suppose the personnel at the Broncos disposal uh, over the um, you know you, you don't get to make changes in uh, in December and, and we are where, where we are and it's not like this is a Broncos team that has really um, you know scored uh, a, a ton of points uh, over uh, over the course of the, the season. Uh, I think that um, that bears uh, no the the commanders game um, when uh, we scored thirty three and we put thirty one on the the bears, um, but we haven't come next or near that. That was late September, the very beginning of October, um, and we haven't come next or near uh, thirty. Uh, points really I'm getting over 30 points since um, so I do think yes it'll be it'll be tight um, but I do think it is the type of game we can win kind of 22-18 or or something uh, like that and and then that sets you up for the game against Detroit where 
um, you know, you're going to have to go and kind of, um, I suppose, steal a win because now the the Lions defense, we'll get into this more next week. The Lions defense is really poor. Offensively, they've, they've been really good, um, but defensively, they are poor. Um, and, and is that something we can take advantage of? That's where you need the offense to step up. Um, so that that would be the, the concern. That is another primetime game um, that the Broncos will will be in. Uh, what, what what's interesting, I suppose, Stuart, is that after this game, the Broncos are kind of on prime time, uh, f- you know, twice in a row. Um, so Russell Wilson and the Broncos and Sean Payton will have a light shot on them. Um, the right side of the line needs to play better. Sean Payton specifically called that out. Will Anderson basically lived in our backfield, or particularly in the early parts of the the game. Now, I will, I, I in fairness. Give a shout out to Vance Joseph for the particularly the second half. I thought you know they did um, they tried things against CJ Stroud that Stroud hadn't seen previously, and I thought overall um, against a, a Texans team who um, had been pretty good offensively, we did okay. And, and even though he's an opposition player, one I wish Tank Dell a, a speedy recovery. He's a rookie who had been really really good. Um, throughout the the season, rookie wide receiver who'd been very impressive, a really unfortunate injury, um, and hopefully he can make it back onto the the, the field and continue um, that kind of impressive form when he comes back next year. Um, Stuart, is there anything else you want to uh, touch on? Uh, I know we we've covered a, a lot of ground over the last half an hour or so. Yeah, I, I just one thing I just checked there, Colin. Um, the Chargers are thirty first in passing defense, um, so. Like I know the Texans were were quite uh, low as well. Like their passing de- defense had struggled a lot, and we didn't really do an awful lot against it. But if ever there was a game for Russell Wilson to have, you know, three hundred and fifty yards passing, if ever there was a game to see Jerry Judy on those open routes to get three touchdowns, no interceptions, this has to be the game, Colin. This has to be. These are literally the second worst against the pass defense in the NFL. Um, so if it's going to happen, it's going to happen on Sunday and it kind of has to happen. Um, so let's just, let's just wait and see, you know, I think there was a huge amount of, of, of attention drawn to the fact that Jerry Judy was missed and not just Judy. There were other plays that, that Russell missed wide open receivers. Um, so let's see if, if what they've been sort of highlighting has been worked on in practice. Um, you know, they've got somebody there who knows about the importance of, of good, good weeks of practice. Call him your old pal. Um, so let's see, but you know, I I think as it, as I said, Colin, and I know you agreed with me. We've been talking about the offense improving. Uh, the team has been talking about it, about getting things fixed. We need to see it because we're running out of time, um, and it, it it has to happen because we're not going to score twenty points against the Lions and beat them in Detroit in, in, in you know ten days time. So the offense needs to get fixed, and it needs to happen on the hoof. Very difficult, but. Otherwise, we're st- looking at another season where we don't make the playoffs. Yeah, um, well, I, I think hopefully, I don't know, as I said, I think making the playoffs at this point is difficult. Not impossible, but difficult um, just because of other teams in the, the AFC. Um, but if we could at least end uh, with a winning record and giving ourselves the possibility, um, then that would be nice. We will also have to watch out for Khalil Mack who is having a resurgent uh, season. So that is one thing to, to keep an eye on as, as well. Um, because um, the 
the line and, and Russ obviously didn't have a great game against the Texans, but I still believe we can and we should uh, do it. Stuart and I will be back next week uh, to uh, look ahead to that Lions game and assess how things went in Los Angeles. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe. You can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleHeartTC. I'm across social media at Cullum from Cork. And enjoy uh, the, the game against the Chargers. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.